Hello. So today I thought I would talk about the concept of death in Buddhism and specifically an answer to the question how is it how is it that we can best prepare ourselves for the inevitability of death. Now death is something that is obviously of incredible importance and holds a important place in philosophical discussion as human beings because the reality of our life as human beings is that uh, we have a finite time as a human being or, or in this life and so th this one fact comes to be a sort of uh, defining point in our philosophical discussion because with, with anything else, any talk about how one should live one's life or um, how one should behave is really uh, irrelevant if it, if it ignores the or it, it's inadequate if it ignores this fact. If we talk about building up uh, our life, building up our status, building up our power, building up our influence, building up our wealth in this life as something that has some ultimate significance and ultimate benefit. Um, th these kind of things are, are, or these ideas are ignoring the fact that we all have to die. And this is really a, um, obviously a poorly thought out sort of um, um, way of looking at the world or way of living one's life or way of approaching the the idea the concept of suffering and happiness and the way to find true peace and well-being so our spiritual life and our our whole philosophy and how we approach the world has to take into account this fact and what we see is that when people are not able to adequately take this uh, fact into account that they are terribly unprepared um, for the, the the moment of death when they die they can die in in they, they many people do die in great suffering and great trauma and great fear and confusion and uh, general unpreparedness. They're, they're not prepared for this. They don't know how to react. They don't know what to make of it and, and how to behave. Whereas other people who have prepared themselves and who have developed a philosophy that has taken into account the inevitability of death or that is um, in line with the, the, the concept of death, that doesn't rely on um, worldly gain and worldly um, pleasure and satisfaction or, or, or things in this world that one is going to have to leave behind then uh, the, these people when they die they they, they are um, seen to be quite peaceful when they die because they have some idea and, and understanding and they have no fear now they might be wrong of course they might have a wrong understanding they might believe that when you die um, if you believe a certain thing, when you die, you go to heaven. If you don't believe a certain thing, you go to hell. And they might be wrong about that. So when they die, they might they might be in for a real shock. 
But on the one hand, you could say that they're quite prepared for death. They're prepared in their own way. They're, they, they have their own understanding of what happens when you die, and they prepare themselves accordingly. So they're not afraid. It may happen that after they die, they, they, they are disappointed or, or um, even uh, um, uh, shocked and disturbed and, and, and um, find themselves uh, that they actually weren't prepared for the consequences of their actions. For instance, um, people who have done terrible things in their lives and and uh, and have this certain belief that they weren't these these things weren't bad deeds and that they were going to heaven as a result of some other belief. Uh, they might find out, as we understand the the to be the case, um, due to the existence of karma. They might find out that when they die that they're going to a, 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 a bad place or they have a bad, fut uh, un unpleasant future in store because of their uh, unpleasantness. Um, so, 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 so in this sense, not only do we have to take into account the, 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 the fact of death, but we also have to understand it properly. We can't just um, follow after some belief and, and Say I believe this, and and therefore uh, I'm prepared for death, or, or or go according to that belief, and therefore somehow say we're ready for death, because it might turn out that our belief is false. Uh, one one very very prevalent belief, and I say it's a belief, um, in in modern times is that there's nothing after death, that when you die that that's it, and so many people in the world feel quite prepared for death believing that there's nothing after it's somehow believing in the ultimate reality of death or the the uh, quality of death as being a ultimate reality that that at the moment of the death of this human being that's it and so based on this they 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 simply prepare themselves in their minds to to let go, to give up, and to, to not come back, to have nothing when they die. And so when they die, they can die quite peacefully. Now, I say this is, is a belief, and I think it's the one belief that um, mo that is most denied as being based on faith or based on belief. And I think that's quite unfortunate because, um, well, well, because it, it leaves many people terribly unprepared for death. Um, the result of belief in in a materialistic uh, reality, the idea that all we have is is um, the, uh, the, the this physical um, reality or or the physical body, the made up of the the various parts and cells and organs and so on, and that when this breaks apart, that that's it for us. That there's no more. Basically, that, that there's no more mind. That the mind is an epiphenomenon. It's it's created by the physical. Um, this this belief leads to um, quite a bit of, of freedom, and um, freedom from ethics, really, because even though people will 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 claim that there is some kind of ethical. Uh, nature or framework that can be drawn from uh, a materialistic point of view. In the end, it the the average ordinary person doesn't really see 
a great need to keep moral ethics. They might uh, feel the, the, the need that you know, in order to be happy in this life, you have to keep a basic frame of ethics. But um, th there are no real consequences of, of bad deeds. You know, if you kill people, if you do harmful things, if you are an, an evil, nasty person, then yes, it, 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 it might um, cause you suffering. But on the other hand, it might not. On the other hand, you might be able to suppress it and, and enjoy the, the pleasures of, of life and, and really put off, basically put off the, the whole idea of the bad things that you've done. Put off, put off thinking about it. Uh, it, it can be done. I mean, evil people, people who do evil things, can um, can remove these things from their mind or, or suppress them to such an extent that they're not thinking about them. It's basically putting it off, right? And if you can put it off long enough, maybe if you're not a terrible person, but if you've done some bad things and you just push them aside and and indulge in pleasure and, and alcohol and drugs and 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 all of the many sensual pleasures in the world that you can somehow, uh, when you die, be free from, from the results of those, of those actions. Now, were it the case that there's nothing after, there were nothing after death, then uh, this would be fine and, and really an adequate uh, um, frame of, of, of reference, of understanding. But it's not. And, and in fact, uh, as I'll explain, and I'll, I'll try to give a little bit of explanation about why my understanding is otherwise. Um, but the, the, the reality is that the, um, the bad deeds that we do, the, the bad things and the good things that we do, the things that we do that are harmful towards others, that are based on greed, based on anger, based on delusion, jealousy, conceit, and so on, based on, on unwholesome, unethical principles, or ethical, wholesome principles, have an effect on our minds. And um, we, we can suppress the, the effect that they have through, um, through concentrated effort, either through meditation or through uh, indulgence in sensual pleasures, through um, things like television or computer, things that focus the mind, that keep the mind from from realizing the, the, the effects of the bad deeds or of the good deeds, um, specifically the bad deeds here. But eventually it's going to catch up with us. And the, 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 the fact that there is a, an, an afterlife, the fact that there is something past this point that we call death, uh, means that that this this fact of life that really I think everyone with a little bit of introspection can agree upon. You don't have to be a advanced meditator to 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 understand this. If you have a basic uh, understanding of how the mind works, or if you do a little bit of introspection, you can see how these things affect the mind. And given that there is an afterlife, if there weren't. Um, and and I'm, I'm simply arguing the point that there is, but if there weren't, then you, you could say it's not that big of a deal. You know, it might make some unpleasantness to feel guilty about the bad things that I've done, but I don't really have to feel guilty about it, because when I die, that's it. It's, it's not my deeds, they're just 
something that has been done and something that's gone. Um, but but given that there is an afterlife, this this fact of life is going to um, is going to come back to haunt us, and you can only pile up and and suppress so much until it explodes and 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 comes back to haunt you. Now, why I say uh, this is only this this idea of the the, the nothingness after life is only a belief and why really there is clearly some reality after um, the, the point of death is because what we call death is really only a concept and so what I want to talk about now is is how the best way to prepare oneself for death is by understanding it by understanding what one means by death and in Buddhism this is really true of everything the best way to prepare for any suffering, the best way to be ready or the best way to deal with any problem is to understand it. Understanding is the greatest um, cure for suffering, the greatest tool that we have, the greatest weapon we have against uh, all kinds of suffering that, that might exist. So once we understand death then we can see that there's really nothing to fear from it. Um, and this is true with everything. Once we understand all of the things that cause us suffering, even once we understand our addictions, once we understand our attachments, our obsessions, our worries, our fears, uh, our anger, our frustration, our hatreds, and so on, once we understand them, they'll have no power over us. And we'll see that they're, we'll be able to break them apart. We'll see that something that was, that was very much a problem or an entity is actually made up of, of random or, or conglomerated mind states that are um, jumbled up, mixed up and tangled up, comes from a mind that is not straight, that is not a direct um, understanding of reality simply for what it is. So, so what, do we, what do we mean when we talk about understanding death? Well, in the Buddha's teaching there are three kinds of death. Death can be understood in three ways, or there are three things that we have to understand uh, about death, three ways of understanding death that have to be understood. The first one is understanding death conceptually, and this doesn't yet uh, explain the afterlife. This is this is simply talking about um, the the fact of death. It doesn't explain how the linking occurs, because this is simply a theory that could be true or could be false that there is death and that death comes again and again and again. Um, so the, the, the first important thing to understand is that death occurs and to understand the importance and the significance of this because as I said this is what allows us to prepare for death it's, it's uh, even more important than understanding how to prepare for death is, is just getting this across to ourselves that we should be prepared for death that we should um, we should remember death, we shouldn't forget about it, we shouldn't live like there is no tomorrow. Um, we, sh we shouldn't live our lives uh, thinking that, that there's going to be no end to this. We should live our lives in a way so that at the very least um, we have conclusion, we have closure in this life, so that we don't die regretting something, feeling that we've left something undone. And this can often occur when we're unprepared. When, when we are um, being distracted by the many pleasures of the sense and, and by many useless pursuits 
that we're failing to um, develop good deeds or good traits, good qualities in ourselves. We're, we're failing to um, to develop relationships and, and our appreciation of others and so on. And we find that when we die, we feel like we're leaving things undone and that we still have this, um, this, this need left over, that there is something left to do, something that we have to accomplish. And uh, so, so simply reminding ourselves that we're going to die and thinking about it and considering it is a great way to prepare oneself. Another aspect of this is the fact that we don't know how we're going to die. Not only do we not know when we're going to die, but we don't know how we're going to die. So the when, the not knowing when is, is, is quite a scary thing because uh, if, if you die tomorrow, are you ready for it? This is the question. Um, if you die tomorrow, are there things you've left undone? Are you, are you going to regret something? And so rather than living like, uh, like, like you're not going to die, you should live as though you're going to die tomorrow or you're going to die th this afternoon or so on. You know, if you only had one more day to left, uh, day left to live, what would you do to prepare yourself or what would you want to accomplish so that you wouldn't have any regrets? But the other, the other important point is that we don't know how we're going to die and we might die in, in terrible circumstances and we know this because we have evidence. We have other people who have died in terrible situations screaming and crying and most of us, the only way we, the only thing we do to prepare ourselves for this is to to wish and hope and pray that it doesn't happen to us, and to try our best to avoid this sort of situation, which of course is is um, is only a gamble, really. And we might very well be one of those people who has to die in, in uh, a horrific or or unpleasant, um, even terrible way. And so we can ask ourselves, are we prepared for that? Or are we prepared for any sort of death? Because we don't know what it's going to be like. It might be peaceful, but it might not. Um, considering how many different ways there are that people leave this world. And, um, and, and uh, the, the, the varying degrees of suffering that people have when they die. Uh, th this is something that, like anything really, um, like any calamity that might come over us, you know, you can ask yourself, what would you do if you got cancer? What would you do if you, uh, if you lost a limb? What would you do if you lost a loved one? What would you do, etc., 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 if this or that happened to you? Um, th these sort of th uh, thought experiments can be quite useful. Um, exploring the possibilities and, and somehow testing yourself to be sure that you're going to be ready because uh, any of these things could come to us. It's it's kind of like um, preparing yourself for battle is in the way that soldiers prepare themselves. The reason they do is and they prepare, they they train themselves in so many different ways is because they have to be ready for every eventuality. They have to be able to respond correctly to every situation. And this is really uh, a good analogy for us to keep in mind in our lives uh, because you no know, life isn't isn't unpleasant in the sense of having to fight all the time, but it's dangerous in the sense that if you're not ready, you can fall into great suffering at any time, um, depending on the circumstances that that uh, come to you. you know, people even when when minor minor uh, difficulty comes, when they lose their job, when they uh, when they uh, lose their house, when they get in a car accident, or so on, 
it can be quite traumatic for them, quite difficult. People commit suicide or start taking drugs or so on based on this, this change. And so we should understand death at the very least to be a great change. It's something that, um, that has a great impact on our lives. And we have this, um, this testimon testimonial from, um, from people who have had near-death experiences that all of your life flashes before your eyes. Um, now th this will get into, uh, I'll talk about this a little more in this, when I talk about the second way of understanding death. But um, just, to, just to be clear that death is going to be a very profound thing, it has a profound impact on our lives, even if there's nothing uh, after we die. If we don't have this sense of closure, if we're not at peace with our whole life, these things that, that come up during the, 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 the time before we die are going to bring great suffering and, and, and trauma to us. So these people who have been able to suppress all of the memories and thoughts of bad deeds that they've done are in for a big shock when they die most of the time, that it's going to come back and haunt them. And Because when you die, you, it's, it's a giving up. You lose your strength, you lose your, your, um, your mental fortitude, so your ability to, to push these things aside uh, slowly, slowly fades away and, and these things come up in, in full force. So, as Buddhists, we, we often think about death in this way. We'll think about our own mortality and we'll remind ourselves just to, as a test for ourselves, just to, to check whether we are, you know, are, are we living our lives in a way that's leading us to be more and more prepared for the future, for eventuality, for the eventuality, and for especially the eventual inevitability of death uh, uh, as being a very important part of, of our lives. Uh, being the end of it. So th this is the first way that we understand death is that there is a, a this concept. Now, the reason why th this kind of this understanding of death is simply conceptual. This is a most important point to realize is that even though we call this death, what we're actually talking about is a conceptually agreed upon uh, notion that there is something that dies because. Of course, from the point of view of, of biology, uh, something has died. But from the point of view of physics, which of course deals with ultimate reality, nothing dies, right? There is no uh, loss of there's no loss of energy. That energy is simply transferred. It is not created or destroyed. That uh, the the systems that existed before have simply broken apart but the atoms, the, the physical reality has, has not disappeared. And so, whereas many scientists have this belief that the mind is merely an epiphenomenon, in fact I was told by someone that the mind is simply, or could simply be uh, akin to the vibrations of a string, when a string, a violin string is, is um, is uh, what do you call it? Is brushed, then uh, there there's a vibration occurs, and so the sound arises. And they say the mind is simply like that. Without the violin, without the string, without the bow, there is no sound. So they will say that when the when the body breaks apart, yes, the physical doesn't disappear, but the systems that got together to allow for what we call life are gone. And this we can see. Uh, for, as a third person, 
or as, as a second person. We can see in other people. When we look at someone else who is dying, we can see what they're going through. When they die, we can see that something has changed, that the mind is pretty clearly not engaged with the physical. That the physical is no longer being um, controlled or being um, interacted with by any, any mental reality. Now, um, for all we know, it could be. There could be a mind there that's, that's watching the de decomposure of the body and so on, but the understanding of scientists is no, that that doesn't make sense, that the mind is created through the conglomeration of the physical and therefore uh, disappears or, or, or breaks down or, or stops at the moment of death. Now the problem with this, of course, is that um, our understanding of the physical has changed a lot in the past hundred and hundred of years, hundred years. In the past hundred years, our understanding has shifted from a three-dimensional uh, universe to a a universe that is based on um, on experience or is 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 based on sequences of events as opposed to being based on on uh, objects, uh, atoms, things that are out there. Instead of this idea that there is a reality out there, when we look at a another person, we say there is the person. We have to, we can only talk about the reality of, of, of the physical uh, realm in terms of the experience, in terms of um, the looking and the checking and the examining. And when we, when we phrase it in that way, when we talk about looking at a person, then we uh, then, then we can start to talk about what is going on in, in that instance. But it it comes from the mind. It comes from that experience. This is talking about quantum physics because in terms of quantum physics, there is uh, every reality has to be framed in terms of an an experiment experiment that is made in terms of the the decision to perform some experiment or the decision to do something or to to um, to engage in 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 some activity and and based on talking about that engagement, then we can come to an understanding of the physical realm. We can talk about the the quantum uh, field and and the the probabilities and so on of of this or that being the case. And so, the truth is um, that any kind of quote unquote objective. Uh, observation of other people dying is is really um, not objective at all that what we're talking about is something that doesn't really exist when we talk about that person who died since we're talking about something being out there um, that, that we're, we're simply talking about our experience how we experience something this person and then we interpret it as being a person who died the point being that we don't know what happened with them. We don't know what their experience is. And in fact, we don't know what it is that we're seeing. We don't know um, what is really happening in our engagement with the world. All we know is that we're having an engagement and an interaction with the world. And this is a very Buddhist way of understanding reality. So this is why we understand death to be simply a concept. that we have this idea that that person died because you can't say to yourself oh look I'm dead right? you, you, you can't experience your own death in that way until you die 
right? You can't say, I'm going to go to the hospital and see myself die. What, you, what, what we do is we say, I'm going to go to the hospital, watch, there's that person dying, or the doctors see this person dying, or that person dying. They're talking about a physical reality outside of their own experience. They're talking about a, 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 um, a, f a physical universe that is not their own. They're talking about a quantum interaction uh, outside of their own interactions. So, so it's, it's simply a conjecture, it's a belief. And until we actually die, we can't say what this death is like. And so, so, so this is this is the explanation of, of why we say person this person died, that person died is simply a a, uh, a concept. Now, the truth, the 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 other reason of why it's, it's simply a concept is because there is this second understanding that we have to have of death. So this first understanding, most important, is reminding ourselves that this is coming. But now we, more important than that, is that we take it to the second level, this next level, and understand it in terms of of ultimate reality, of what's really going on, what's really happening, the experience of death. Because apart from that, all we have is is other people dying. So what happens when we die? When we look at another person, we say, the physical ceased, uh, the the body stopped working. And we make a conjecture that that person has, has passed away, but we don't really um, know what happened, because in reality, that body, that universe that we say is out there, when we look and we see a person dying, we don't know what is going on. We, we don't know what is the underlying reality based on that observation. So this is where material science fails, and, uh, and as a Buddhist, this is my understanding, and, and this is the argument I have with material science, is that there... Object objectivity fails because it's dealing with a universe that is out there, which which doesn't exist, which uh, has no ultimate reality. It's not based on um, the laws of quantum physics and and the the understanding that we have gained in the past hundred years. It doesn't take these into account. So uh, it also doesn't take into account um, our experience. Um, that from from uh, um, from and what I mean by experience is as as a Buddhist or from a Buddhist point of view, because um, a, Buddhism points out the fact that all of our science, all of our objectivity, everything has to come from our own experience. All of reality, and this is what quantum physics is able to point out, uh, all, all of reality is based on our experience, or it's based on on interaction. Um, between the experimenter or the, 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 the observer and the, the observed. And this is where we understand death in terms of ultimate reality. Because, um, as my teacher always said, that ultimate, uh, death in an ultimate sense occurs at every moment. And this is really what the Buddha taught, is that we die at every moment. That our death occurs at every moment. Uh, because our exper experience arises and ceases. And that the truth of reality is that all we have is is experience and every experience is born and dies it comes and goes and this is how we understand the world around us this this is how we um, how we live our lives so even people who don't believe in in afterlife or or, or think of, of death as being a, a real ultimate reality uh, have to build this dichotomy that we're talking about 
death and after death when there's nothing, and then life, which which doesn't, you know, which has no death or it has no stopping, it has no changing. All it has is the arising and ceasing of experience. There is no change in this. Even when we're asleep, there is still this this basic experience of dreams and 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 um, and, and very dull consciousness that actually. Um, experience of reality continues on and on and on and has no uh, cessation it is something that uh, that really defines who we are and then there is this this um, the law of cause and effect how how we change based on our experience one experience leads to another and experiences will change who we who we are and, and will it change the, the later experiences that we have it will change uh, the, this this matrix of, of experience from one set of experiences shifting to another set of experiences. If we do bad deeds, if we're engaged in unwholesomeness, the experiences will slowly shift in a bad way. And if we engage in good things and, and wholesome things, then our experiences will slowly shift in a good way. But ultimately, we're, we're simply dealing with experience. And this is the reality we understand. If we examine uh, our lives, our experience, if we examine life, what it means to live, what it means to be, because this is really what we're talking about. You can examine the physical before it's died and after it's died, and, and you find that it's the same, that the systems have broken apart, but the ultimate components are the same, that they have simply uh, changed, they've broken apart, their their relationship has, has changed. But uh, what a materialist scientist says is that what changes is that the mind disappears. You know, the, the mind is gone. Consciousness has ended. So, um, when when we when we start to look at what it means, what does this consciousness mean that we're talking about? Consciousness ends when we die. What does this mean? Um, we we come to see that that our conscious. What we mean by consciousness is this. Um, succession of experiences where we experience um, the reality around us and where we do good and bad things, where we engage in wholesome and unwholesome activity, causing stress for ourselves or, or causing peace and, and happiness and bringing, uh, bringing harmony to our lives and, and to our universe. Um, so then the question then is, um, how does this stop? or, or, or what happens to, to, to cause this to cease at the moment of death. And as we start to unravel um, our lives and who we are and our experience, we come to see that, uh, well, we come to see first that the, the external reality is not real in an ultimate sense. And so we come to see that, that actually death has no ultimate reality because there is no um, requirement for the physical. The physical isn't required for the mental to exist. The mental, in fact, creates the physical or our experience. In fact, you could say the physical and the mental create uh, our being, create who we are, create this human uh, state. Uh, they, they are what has given rise to this life. They are what has um, caused us to be, to be born as human beings. And they are what is going to uh, cause us to cling and create in the future. 
an interesting clue to this, you know, even without practicing meditation, without the in kind of, of intensive introspection that is required to understand this, the, the, the clue that we have is, is what, that when you look at matter, when you look at all of what we say is material, this world of plants and animals and, and minerals and, and, all, and all these entities, the, the matter is simply made up of energy, that energy and matter are one. And what matter is, is simply a conglomeration, a condensation, an, an intense um, um, you know, com combining together and compacting of energy into, into atoms, into very small spaces. And, and this intensity of energy can be seen with things like the atom bomb where, or, or nuclear energy, which releases this incredible amount of energy. And in fact, we see that this is the case of, of who we are, that all of, our, um, all of our, our entities, even our entity as a human being, is simply a, a condensation or a compression of the mind, the, the, the lucid uh, state, the, the um, bright and radiant state of, of mind, which is unattached. Um, when we start to look at our attachments, our desires, our... Our, our aversions and so on, we can see that these are knots, these are attachments that have reduced our mind to a very coarse state and have given rise to the experiences that we have. This, this formed state of a human being is actually simply a, um, a series of knots and, and, and tangles and intense compression of, of, of reality which is which is both physical and mental but is even the physical is simply the energy is the the, um, the, the act the, the the actions that we do the karma that we have done that has tangled and twisted and knotted and compressed and and uh, um, perverted really uh, this you know, reality the the ultimate reality into these you know, these, these uh, physical states where we have eyes and ears and nose and tongue and body and, and all of the chemicals and all of the liquids and, and, and all of the solids and all of the things that make up who we are that in its, in its contrived and, and formed state. And, and so there's no reason to believe in death at all. There's no reason to believe that, that death is um, anything but an end to this. Um, this thing that we have created, just like when you build a house, um, when the house falls down, that's the end of the house. Now, the reason why it's, it's still very important to prepare for this and why death is still very important is because of this clinging that we have. We have created this human state out of an intense amount of clinging. Most people don't understand this, and this is something that takes intensive introspection, it takes meditation to really see the intensity of our attachment. You know, we talk about being attached to external things, we talk about being attached to, um, to belongings, even being attached to people as being intense states of attachment, but really until you um, look at your, your attachment to who you are, to self, to being, to the I, this entity that we've created as a human being, you don't really understand what, the, what it means to be attached. So this, this incredible attachment that we have has created this human being. When you die, the, the craving doesn't die, the, the, the attachment certainly doesn't die. Um, it's not, 
for, for most people. For most people, it's, it's, we still have this idea of, of the I, of the self, and we feel this um, reality that we're so comfortable with slipping away, and this is what causes people great fear and confusion when they die. Once it starts to slip away, we don't know what to cling. You know, we're like people falling. You know, you fall from 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 a height. Uh, you you immediately cling to something, right? In the same way that you would cling to the self. And uh, so, so people often wonder, you know, what is it? What is this force that would give rise to another life? You know, how can it that be that suddenly, poof, you're born again? Well, well, the, it's this very intense craving that we still have. When you die, the house falls apart and you create a new one. You, you, you immediately like, oh, I, it's worse than losing your house. Uh, it's losing the whole of your being, the whole of who you are. There's nothing you can cling to at that moment. And so you create. You, you, you. What we cling to generally is, is our thoughts, our memories. We, we, we cling to those, those aspects of our being that are um, most desirable or most pleasant, most dear to us. And this is how our karma, our, our past deeds, create our future. When you, when you pass away, you, all you have is, is you know, the, the things you're going to miss, the things you want, the things that you cling to. It can also be the bad deeds that you've done, the, the fear that you have, the guilt that you have that you've been suppressing, that you've been pushing down. And, and, and those, suddenly those things you know, become the, the impetus for, for your future. They become, uh, the, you know, because there's a bondage, there's an attachment, not only to the things that we hold dear, but also to the things that we're afraid of, that we hate, and the, the bad deeds that we've done, the problems that we've caused for others. Um, even though we don't cling to those things, we have this, this negative, this repulsion, which is which is equally as, um, as, as uh, just as much of an attachment. Uh, and it's, it's going to, it, it's a force, it's a, um, it's an energy that exists, and it's something that uh, has to be mitigated, or has to be, be, be um, has to be brought into the equation. You could say in one, in one sense, when we die, there are all these energies floating around, the, the energies in the, of, of good deeds and bad deeds, you know, the, the attachments that we have, which are very real, and which can be seen with any, with any basic introspection, which is why meditators are very much prepared for death. Because we see that uh, we see that that these um, these attachments that we have are, are good and bad intentions are a cause for all of uh, uh, all of our suffering and, and have a real energy to them that there really is a power to these things. Um, it's it's not this isn't just a theory. When you sit down and meditate. You'll, you'll, all of the good and bad things that you've done will come up. You'll feel good about the good things, you'll feel bad about the bad things. There's no suppressing. Suddenly you're confronted with who you are. And who you are is, is who, what you've done, is uh, the, the good and bad deeds that you've performed. And so this is what we mean when, by talking about death in terms of the ultimate reality, what's really going on. Um, and this requires meditation. The practice of meditation is what allows you to see, to see through um, the concept of death, 
to, to bring it onto a larger scale and to understand, to put it in, in its right framework and to understand the place that death has, that actually it's, um, it's, it's the end of this intensive um, or intense um, um, sort of um, game that we've played or, or, or structure that we've created. It's, it's the, the collapsing of these energies. Know, the, the energy that was required to create is now falling apart and then there's more energy and, and there's more creation. The, the human state itself is not an ultimate reality. The ultimate reality is our experiences and this can be verified very easily if you're able to put aside all of your beliefs, all of your scientific explanations. Uh, if you simply look inside objectively um, avoiding any interpretation, saying this is this, that is that, uh, you know, in terms of this being God or that being heaven or, 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 or assigning any meaning to anything, simply looking at it for what it is, as the Buddha did, and recording it and anal analyzing it objectively, you know, not putting any meaning on it, but you know, adding it up and, and drawing your conclusions objectively. Uh, you can see this, you can see the power of our emotions, the power of our negative states, the power of our positive states, the power of a clear mind, the power of an unclear mind. And you can see the, the, the changing, you can see the changes that occur in beings that perform good deeds and bad deeds, or in ourselves when we perform good and bad deeds, and how it affects us. Um, you can see the things that have great power, the things that have little power. You can see exactly for yourself, and there's no need to believe in, in, in any uh, theory whatsoever. So, and th this leads to the final understanding that we have to have about death, which is uh, our understanding about what really has to die and what we really have to cultivate and, and, and give birth to. That when we talk about death in Buddhism, the, the most important death is the death of our, our evil states and the death of our ignorance. The death of, of, of the negative things, because um, what what really dies is our goodness and our evil, the, the evil inside, the good and the evil that we have inside. If if our goodness dies, this is a great suffer, a great tragedy, and a great loss for us. But if our evil dies, if the bad things in in us die, uh, th this is really what has has the the most importance. This. Um, when we talk about death as a human being, when we talk about uh, death at every moment, when we talk about uh, the process of life and, and the process of experience, that it really only has any significance for as long as we have some kind of attachment. If we have no attachment, there is no, uh, there is no need to prepare for anything, or there is no need to worry or to concern ourselves for the future. There's no need to think, what if this happened, what if that happened? Um, there is no concern, there's no need to concern over anything that might happen in the future. The ultimate preparation is the removal from the mind of any attachment. When we're attached to a certain thing, then our happiness depends on that one thing. When that one thing disappears or, or is in, even endangered, then there arises great suffering for us. and uh, and. It, it creates stress and, 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 and unpleasantness in our minds. If there's nothing that we cling to, 
if our happiness is not dependent on a certain experience, a certain reality, if we can be happy in any uh, experience, any circumstance, if we are able to remove the misunderstandings from our mind, if we're able to analyze, uh, comprehend and understand reality for what it is and be able to understand every experience simply for what it is, when we die, to know that we're dying. To, to, to understand this is dying and to not have anything else happen in our mind, have to have all these energies worked out where there is no uh, there is no sparks, there is no energy being re being created or released in terms of attachment or aversion or so on. There is simply a process occurring and um, a static uh, array of energy where we're not clinging to anything, where we're not uh, upset or stressed in any way, then you know, death doesn't hurt us, loss doesn't hurt us, uh, change doesn't hurt us, none of these things affect us. So the ultimate preparation and the ultimate um, the ultimate goal, the ultimate benefit, the ultimate um, the ultimate tool that we have or, or um, state whereby we have nothing to fear from death uh, or by extension any uh, future state is this um, this freedom from suffer freedom from from evil freedom from un unwholesomeness freedom from any kind of attachment any kind of clinging or need or hope or, or desire freedom from holding anything dear or undear uh, the ability to experience all of reality simply for what it is and to be ready for it. So we can prepare ourselves, we can um, as I said we can think about death and and, and test ourselves and, and see uh, what it would be like when we die. But all that's, all that's good for is to help us to see our defilements, to, to help us to, um, to, to see this clinging that we have. Oh yes, if I die, I, I would cling to this and this and this. Or I would be afraid of this and this. If I suffer in this way, if I um, get hurt or, or, or so on, I would, be, I would be in great suffering and distress in this and this and this way because I still have clinging. So, so all, that, all that really says to us is that we need to do something, we need to prepare ourselves. Um, this is useful because it helps us realize that we have to prepare ourselves, as I said. The preparation comes from experience, understanding reality in, a, uh, in an ultimate sense, and understanding death in terms of the sequence of events that lead up to that moment and have led up to this moment and, and create this, this cycle which is really a, it's not an ultimate state, it's just something that we've fallen into and that some beings fall into, they fall into the cycle of creating and, uh, and, and um, destroying or, or, or the falling apart, the, the loss. And this understanding of, of reality in terms of, of the sequence of events, in terms of sequences of experiences and their causal relationship is what allows us to finally understand um, the true reality and to attain the the ultimate death, which is the death of unwholesomeness. When all of our unwholesome states die, we can say that finally uh, we've attained to a final death, 
um, the, the, the right death because there is no more unwholesomeness and therefore no more suffering. There's nothing that could give rise to a future uh, creation such as this. There's nothing that would give rise to all of the stresses that we've had to face in this life. Because really otherwise, with the loss of all of our, all of the things that we cling to and all of who we are, when we come back we're going to have to do it all over again. This isn't our first life. And once you accept the reality of a next life, then you have to assume that, it's, that there's not much reason why it's going to be different from this life. And whereas you might say it may be nice to come back or this life you know, has good things about it. Really what, we're, what we mean is after fighting for so many years, we have come to a, a state of, of moderate happiness for some time. Because in fact this life is, is, uh, is full of, of, of suffering. And considering what we mean by coming back um, to be more of the same, uh, you can ask yourself how many times you want to come back. You know, one time is, is maybe interesting, but, but ten times, a hundred times, a thousand times. And so we come to see that, that this kind of uh, reality, this kind of creation is really uh, useless, pointless, and a cause for great stress and suffering. And so we become free from it, and there is no more clinging to anything, and, and no more need for anything. So there is no more, no more suffering when things disappear or don't go our way or so on. So I think this is uh, at least a, um, an overview of how we can uh, at least begin to come to terms with this reality of death. Thank you all for tuning in and I hope you're able to put some of this into practice to start to look at your own death and start to look at your own defilements and, and our uh, lack of preparedness for the future due to our attachments and our delusions and our uh, ignorance about who we are and about the nature of reality and that you're able to uh, come to understand reality and to find true peace, happiness and freedom from suffering for yourselves. Thank you for watching and have a good day.